0: Welcome to the Fuck You Podcast, um, which invites conversations about various access to equities within the context of Aotearoa. We invite guests to share their lived experience in an effort to identify common threads within support systems, social networks and knowledge that uplifts the collective human experience. Kelsey, what's our season one question?
1: Our question for this season is what does equity and support look like for various communities coexisting within one society?
0: And today... We ever honestly? I'm just so thankful that you made it because we're like third time lucky. I mean, <laughs> yes. like, we here, family, we here. Um, <laughs> but yes, do please introduce yourself and your pronouns and finish the sentence. I am
2: Kia ora. My name is Louise Hat. I use she/her pronouns. I am a person who does way too many things, and that's why I am so hard to pin down.
0: <laughs> Perfect. And how have you been?
2: Good. Good. I'm not enjoying this humidity, but otherwise I've been busy in a good way, which is a very, very rare experience in my life.
0: Uh, tell us more. What does this mean? <laughs> what does this mean?
2: Just like, you know, those rare moments where you like actually fall asleep at night and you like actually get up in the morning and like smash out your to-do list. Productivity. It's been like three days, so I'm maybe cold. I'm like... <laughs> Maybe I'm, like, uh, over-exaggerating how much of my life this has been. Um, But, yeah, no, just um, really excited about a lot of the things I'm doing at the moment. So, yeah.
0: Mm. Do you want to <laughs> plug in any of them? Because I feel like, you know, there's one that I really appreciate, but th- 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 what other projects are you attached to? <laughs>
2: um, so I do comms and engagement for Bike Waikato, mm. and we just uh, facilitated 185 submissions to council on the biking and micromobility plan. So that was over half of the total submissions they received. That was like really awesome and cool. Um it's December at the moment. So it's also Vlogmas, which means I'm vlogging every day and uploading that to YouTube. <laughs> uh, and I'm not normally I fall like a little bit behind. I'm not not a little bit behind this year. I'm pretty much on track, which is very good. Um, and then, yeah, I also am the co convener of the Green Party and we've been doing some strategy work and been thinking about how we operate as a community uh, and as a political entity. And I've been really enjoying that. We've got – th- we're, we're working on a three-year plan and it's, yeah, going to be really cool. <laughs> 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 oh, and the, the Go Eco AGM is next week. <laughs> Just in case you don't know. <laughs> okay, yeah, and I'm deputy chairperson of GoEco, Eco, so, um, yeah. For once in my life, the stars are aligned Next week, maybe not aligned. Yeah. But
0: <laughs> this week, we're gonna appreciate it for what it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Oh my gosh, it's so many. I feel like even for an average person, that's a lot on the plate. So mm. how do you juggle that? Like, what, what, what? How do, how do you do it? Like, give us the recipe. Give us the secrets.
2: I don't know. I think it's taken me a long time to kind of uh, get to a point where I've got the right amount of stuff, and also. Mm acknowledging the things that I'm good at and not taking on the things that need to be done, but that I'm not going to be good at. So like, just because a job needs to be done, doesn't mean I need to volunteer to do it. Mm -hmm. Especially if that is not my wheelhouse, like (laughs) that whole idea of like, Oh, someone needs to do it. Oh, I'll be helpful and do it. It's like, no, you suck at that. Stop. Don't, don't volunteer for that. (laughs) Put your hand down.
1: I think that's such a valuable lesson that so many people can learn from. I know that I'm I I used to always put my hand up and yeah I've kind of been on the journey of like actually
2: I'm not good at
1: this. I will struggle through it whereas someone will just like do it really easily.
2: Yeah, yeah. And I think as well like being if you end up with those kind of jobs on your plate being able to delegate and be like, "Hey, actually, mm. uh, does anyone else want to do this?" <laughs> mm. can be like can be really hard but I think really valuable to be able to just delegate stuff. Go mm. on. Yeah
0: i'm still just taken back by that because i'm like yo, <laughs> volunteering and especially service it's kind of like and especially if, if you're in um, niche communities it's kind of like if you're not the one that's doing it mm. no one else will do it and in my head i'm like mm. i'm a. so i've been saying it recently i'm like i think i'm a serial responsibility hoarder
2: like yeah
0: i just think that it's all my responsibility and i'm like come on joe like it's um, that those are your thoughts that you generated by yourself
2: mm. And I think sometimes it's really difficult to feel like you belong in a community unless you are doing one of those jobs. Mm. Like, oh, Mm. well, I am needed because I, Mm. you know, I send out the minutes or, oh, I actually, uh, you know, make sure that email newsletter goes out. And it's like, are you actually good at that? (laughs) Because if not, there might be somebody who is really good at that and you're robbing them of an opportunity. Yeah. That's the other way that I think about it is, like, am I hoarding opportunities that should mm-hmm. otherwise go to other people?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Beautiful. <laughs> Beautiful angle as well because I feel like at the same time you're, you're opening the gates instead of, ho- like, you know, being a gatekeeper.
2: Mm-hmm. And I think, like, it also comes down to, like, abundance. Like, there are so many communities who want people to be involved. I don't have to, like, hoard all of the opportunities because I think that there aren't enough. Like, Mm. there are so many opportunities, and just saying no to one now doesn't mean that other ones won't come, you know, up in the future.
0: (sighs) Who taught you that? (laughs) Who who educated you, my sister?
2: (laughs) Life and a lot of very hard lessons. (laughs) Mm, mm. Because, yeah, you know, you learn this through, well, I learned it through doing it the hard way of, like, burning out over and over again until I got to the point of, like, okay, well, I literally can't keep doing this, you know, like – you make that mistake the first time, and you're like, "Oh, that's fine. That was just that time." And then you do it like 50 more times, and you're like, "Oh no, it's me. <laughs> it's me, and I need to, you know, actually do something different."
0: Why are you calling me like, <laughs> out?
2: So I didn't yeah, come I'm here to be exposed. So exposed. Like, I'm <laughs> right not. Now.
0: I'm not happy with you right now.
1: <laughs> I feel like that's what I'm going through right now. Is like I'm, I'm sick, and I've yeah. been off work for a while. If you can't hear it in my voice. And I'm fucking, like, I'm burnt
2: out. And that's the thing is, like, your body will protest. My body has protested for the past, like, 10 years of, like, what the fuck are you doing? Mm. Because if you can't, like, if you can't process your stress, your body holds onto it. Yeah. And then it manifests in really awful ways. Mm -hmm. So I've got, like, chronic back pain. and People are like, what did you do to your back? I'm like, oh, I'm just really fucking stressed all the time. Mm. And I just take it out, like, subconsciously on my own body. Mm. And it's just like really difficult to explain to people. Like, oh, but just chill out a bit. And I'm like, oh, if only it was that oh, easy. Yeah, yeah.
0: And then the worst part is like you're self sabotaging yourself mm, the whole mm-hmm. time. The whole time you're you're literally because you're taking all of these excuses. Your body's like, and yeah, I feel like I can testify to it as well. Like I'm so like <laughs> of the. You're so rude for coming and calling us out like this. How do you?
1: Like, I'm so sorry.
0: Yellow card, you've got the first FARQ yellow card.
1: To be fair, you honest. did ask. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Unsubscribe. Yeah. <laughs> All
0: right, well, tell us about the different communities or community that you've been attached to, um, either present, future. Uh, well, you can't really talk about the future, but you can if you want, if you want to pre- manifest in that area, but past and present.
2: So I was thinking about this question and I was thinking about. Also what I value in communities. And I think that, you know, I've been a part of a lot of different communities uh, since moving to Hamilton in 2011. And I think the thing that has really stood out to me is mentorship. And I've been really reflecting on that. So I came from a really small high school on the Coromandel. My graduating class was like 22 people. So like really small. Mm. And we were really close-knit like we weren't I wouldn't say we were all best friends but like you knew everyone you knew who their parents were um and then coming to university on my first day of university I had a clash and I went to my my lecture and I went down to the front and I went and talked to the uh lecturer and I said hi hi I've got this clash I'm wondering what I should do about it and my lecturer was like go away What? (laughs) and on my first day I was just like oh um Oh, okay, thanks. And I, you know, at my high school.
0: Wait, did you actually thank him um, or hurt them?
2: <laughs> yeah, I, you know, like I'm, I'm like a baby. I'm oh. like 18, and I'm just like I don't know what to do in this situation. Okay, um, uh, farewell. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I went to a high school where my teachers absolutely believed in me. And just were like back to me 100%. You know, they were like, do you want to do extracurricular activities? We will stay behind after school and help you like do them. Whatever you want to do, we'll help you do it. And then coming to university where they're just like, I'm like, hi, I have a minor inconvenience. And they're like, we don't give a shit. I'm, I was like, oh, um, I don't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> and it turned like, like the irony, of course, was that like three quarters of the class had this clash and the lecturer like later sent out an email being like hi so I understand that some of you have a clash um here's what you need to do about it because it's actually really significant and I was just like for god's sake (laughs) but you know I think probably the things that I value most about the different communities that I'm a part of now is that they're intergenerational and they're there's people there who back me and I back them and there's that really like mutual mutual commitment to each other's well being and humanity. And so I think like when we're talking about like what's what's a community that is effective and makes you like whole, those are the things that like really stand out for me. Mm-hmm. Across like both my job at Blackwater Huaikato, across Goeco, across the greens. Um, yeah,
0: I'm getting like, do you think that you could ever be fulfilled with one community?
2: Oh no <laughs> mm. <laughs> But and you know, like these are these are very um uh, external communities mm. in lots of ways, like they're groups that I choose to join. Um, they're not even you know groups based around like identity, which is like a whole nother ball game.
0: Can you just explain that first for people <laughs> who actually have no idea what that, that, that could that means?
2: Um, so thinking about communities which share uh, gender or sexuality or uh, ethnicity or you know any of those kind of like you know central, pillars to your (laughs) to who you are Mm. you know um the the groups and the communities that i'm involved uh involved with are uh, still hugely important to me and form a part of my identity but uh, most of them are ones that are opt-in rather than kind of the ones that you Mm -hmm. can't opt into Mm -hmm. or that you like
1: can't opt out of
2: yeah what did I say? I said the wrong thing, didn't I? That you can't opt into. <laughs> well, <laughs> like, I guess
1: in, in ways you can, like with gender and sexuality, you can choose if you wanna be an active part of the community, like externally within mm. society. Mm. Um but yeah, I don't something like ethnicity, I don't think you can kinda get to choose. Joe, do you wanna be brown today? Nope. <laughs> Too bad. <laughs>
0: today, no. I'm 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 gonna be a cis white man today. Mm. <laughs>
1: Do you get a pay rise too? Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> one hopes. One hopes. Mm. <laughs> um, so wait, what do you personally take away from the communities, then? Like, what what what's the what's the the juice that you feel like fuels your cup within these communities?
2: Mm. I think that like something I've really struggled with for a really long time is feeling like all of the world's problems rest on my shoulders. And not feeling like I knew people who were, you know, working towards the solutions that I wanted to see people working towards. And so uh, a lot of what I take away from the communities that I'm a part of is I see people sharing my values. So it's not necessarily like an identity uh, crossover, but a values crossover. Mm. And I really appreciate that.
0: That's so important to me as well because I, I, I've, I've personally like, and like when I was church shopping, that's literally yes, that's a thing. Explain that. <laughs> uh, well, I, I, I came out of Catholicism because I was fully purebred, like Catholic, um, if that's even a thing, um, and then. Coming out of that, I just I just needed to go and dip my like toes in other waters and how they praise God and how they connect with spirituality and religion from their like worldviews and I didn't dive outside of Christianity, so I went to all these other Christian like new Christian churches and I found some really good people that were there that shared the same values and then equally they didn't which is like, like it, it's weird because I'm like, wait, we share the same values, but I'm not going to be of equal mm. in your in your community. Like I'm like, this, this is the same thing that we both feel and you've seen my heart and you feel my heart and you can carry this heart, but I'm still not equal. Mm. And I'm like, oh, okay. So I had to take my power back. But in, in, in relation to what you were saying, I really feel like, there's there's pockets of pockets of gold everywhere within each community, and you can tell that there's some communities that are all about service mm. to their community, and I love the communities that really just come in together, especially when times are rough, and they actually, you know, serve their community. I, I don't, like the way I saw it was culty really stepped up for their community, mm. which is the Pacific community during COVID lock like, lockdown, and I, that was something that I feel like I couldn't fault.
2: I'm like, whew. And I think that's such a big thing as well with um, like young people looking after other young people with mental illness. Yes. And it's like, oh, well, I've got 10 friends and nine of them have you know, mental health issues and, you know, they're leaning on me. And it's like, buddy, no, no, <laughs> you know, um, you're one part of a community. And I think that, you know, certainly my experience has been that, that pressure to look after every single person in your life is not that's that's a contributor to burnout you know whereas when you know that you're part of a bigger picture you know that there are other people answering those messages when you can't be there or turning up for people when you can't that's that's such a huge part of your own well-being because you're part of it but you're not the only mm. only part
0: mm. yeah Mm. i really like i really resonate with that only because it it just makes me feel like i love seeing other people who are finding their village as well or their Mm -hmm. their support systems out elsewhere because it means that when i meet like when i meet you i'm like oh my god i can add value in this just this little spot on your life and that's that's cool like i'm i'm so glad instead of feeling like i have to hold all of these like secretary mm. roles as well as the healthcare, the mental wealth, the the hype man, the cheerleader. And you're so right. I that's that's actually been one of the beautiful beautiful things about meeting people within these different communities is that you can see that they've already built their support system. Mm. And I'm like, yes, normalize this.
2: <laughs> yeah. Not having to be everything to everyone is like such a big learning curve, I think. But yeah, it's critical. Mm.
1: Why do you think people feel like they need to be that, that everything for everyone? Because I know, like, I have seen people do that, and I mean, I've done it as well. Um. But it, like, it's just it's so unhealthy. Mm. But it happens all the time. Do you think maybe it's that like, heroism? Oh yeah. Kind of like yeah. I'm gonna save you.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Um, but I think as well, it goes back to that, like, how do I know that I'm valued? Mm. If everyone needs me, then I know that I'm valued when it's mm. like, yeah, but if you also like can't get out of bed in the morning, <laughs> you of no help to absolutely anyone, mm-hmm. you know? So it's kind of like that obsession with finding value in those ways, you know, isn't sustainable.
1: Mm.
2: I think for me as well, it like having teachers at high school who really backed me like i felt seen for who i was mm. and i felt valued just for who i was just turning up as i was mm. whereas when i went to university people were like no go away no you're annoying mm. <laughs> stop bothering me <laughs> um is it, well the like lectures at least because <laughs> i'm definitely that kind of person um but you know you have to find different ways of Valuing yourself or feeling valued, um, and that was really tricky. And I think um, building relationships like that from scratch when you move from one place to another can be really, really tough. Mm. When you're losing that, like, support network.
1: Yeah. What like when you were looking for that new
2: support? What
1: kind? Of, what was that journey like for
2: you? Oh, terrible. <laughs> I think I I like cycled through a lot of different communities trying to find what was best Mm. and it definitely like there were some uh, mentorship sort of opportunities that were really bad like truly like horrific experiences where people just absolutely were out to use and abuse people and that was also a learning curve of like just because this person says they want to be there Mm. doesn't mean they actually are doesn't mean that they're good for you doesn't mean that they're actually helping you in any way and kind of identifying that like well I need a community around me, but actually it's not this one. Mm. Mm. And kind of have, having to step away, knowing that you don't necessarily have a backup community around you is like <sighs> really Brave.
0: tough. Brave.
2: And then I think, you know, on that journey as well, there were like conflicting communities. So like I was a member of uh, the feminist club on campus, mm. but the feminist club did not get on with like the queer group. There was this like really, really awful sort of I don't know how else to describe it, but like drama and politics that went down between like the groups and it was like choose one.
0: Wow. And it's
2: like both of those groups supposed to be like Yeah, love everybody. (laughs) And you know, like the reasons why are not important, but having that dynamic of like Mm. choose a part of you Mm. that you want to honor right now. Yeah. Is like really tough.
0: I literally totally relate yet again. Mm. Come on, like I was I'm um, I'm in the queer community as well as <laughs> believing in the book club, so mm. <laughs> um uh, yeah and that's so whack because we, we, um, Kelsey has actually brought this up a couple of times is that we are not perfect, even in our own individual communities, like LGBT. We're still fighting about mm. what is the best L, what is the best G, and what is the most. And in my head, I'm like, oh, I think there's, there's something to be said when we have to pick parts of us to present within different communities. Cause I'm like, communities are not looking holistically at what it is to support they're just wanting to support that angle or that perspective and i'm like oh this is when i guess specificities goes left (laughs) like we're so narrow to this one agenda or this one way of thinking that we're like oh yeah everything it's this or nothing Mm. or the
1: perspective of the person who's in leadership as well
0: (laughs) We just saw a bug and I wasn't going to kill it. But then it kept on getting closer. So I'm like, I'm sorry. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> okay, just a little rest there. <laughs> he <Here>, last. <laughs> what are we going to name? it? <laughs> Should we have a funeral?
1: Gloria. What? Gloria. <laughs>
0: Gloria. <laughs> Why
1: not? Why not? Gorgeous. Mm. My mum's chicken's name is Gloria. Oh, that's beautiful.
0: My mum's name's Glory. Ah.
1: Uh,
0: Wait, I don't want to. Oh, my God, <laughs> Too late. Okay, um, to anyways, <laughs> yes. So I think you talked about mentorship. Can you just talk, like, a little bit um, further about that? Let me just dive deeper into that. Um, when you see that there's mentorship in these communities, was that a natural thing that was occurring or was that something that you... that Do you reckon someone came and instilled in the community and then... Ooh,
2: I don't know. I think what I've really grown to appreciate is, like, seeing seeing my peers and knowing my peers and being like, we're all just like, "Ah!" (laughs) all the time at every, like, conflict and issue. And, you know, we're all just like that. And, you know, it can feel really overwhelming. And if those are – if you only know your peers, Mm. it's like, well, fucking, you don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. None of us know what to do. Whereas, you know, like, looking at people older or even sometimes looking at people younger um, and – being able to be like, you were once this age, right? <laughs> you were once terrified about the future and, you know, you were once terrified about, you know, whatever, you know, situation that you're living through. Mm. How did you deal with it, you know? Or, or how do you conceptualize this as a thing that you obviously go through and being able to ask those questions. And, like, sometimes they're like, oh, fuck, do I know. And it's like, oh, cool, you don't you, you don't mm. know either. Okay, cool, cool, cool. You know, <laughs> even that is quite reassuring. Mm. So, I don't know if it was ever something that was really planned, but I think having. Knowing people who share my values across generations is something that I've always, 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 always valued. And I think um, for me growing up, like I don't have good relationships with some members of my family. And so, having people in my life who now fill a version of that role Mm. means so much to me Um, because it's really nice to not just think of like all of a particular type of people are bad (laughs) you know just because that's your experience growing up and that's the only thing you know Mm. as an adult you know sort of having those uh, not replacement figures but just people to fill a slice of that pie is just incredible. I think it it's really done a lot to like um make me feel like a well-rounded individual mm. <laughs> through having a well-rounded community. I love that. You've talked a lot about the value, your values. Yeah. What are some of those values? Oh gosh. Um sometimes I think about like how we talk about things like this. Like mm-hmm. how, how do you communicate and know if you share values with someone? And for me, a lot of it comes down to like an understanding of a similar worldview. Mm. So not necessarily a same lived experience, but a similar worldview And mm. that like do you acknowledge that there are privileges and power dynamics in society that center around gender, race, class, you know. Ableism. And yeah, a, a whole heap of other um, mm you know uh, aspects of people's people's lives do we all acknowledge that Mm. because that's a that's something that will ground our understanding and our values and like you may not have lived through a particular aspect of that but you know that it happens even if you if it's not that it happens to you and then I think it's like okay cool so if you can acknowledge that there's this imbalance what are you going to do to To write it mm. or to to support writing that you know um, power and dynamic. So that's kind of what my like values or like I like to think my values boil down to is like, do we have this shared understanding and acknowledgement that this is how the world works, and that we're all gonna fucking do something about it.
1: Mm.
2: Mm. That's really cool,
1: and <laughs> I, I I like that you can like put it into like a narrative kind of like that because a lot of people are like trust. Mm. That's the only one I think. Yeah. <laughs> well <Wow. laughs> my list trust. is extensive. Yeah. Um 'cause a lot of people, they don't really like know what those words actually mean to them. They're just like things that they've heard.
2: Yeah, and I think like trust looks very different in different circumstances mm-hmm. to different people and you can talk past each other. When you're like, oh, my definition of trust is this. And someone else is like, my definition of trust is this. But we think we're talking about the same kind of trust. And it's like, no. We are not. Whereas when it's like a really tangible, like, Mm -hmm. hey, but we know that racism is real, right? (laughs) (laughs) What? What's that? Like, we know that, like, sexism is real, right? Like, that's a slightly more. (laughs) And of course, again, like, to different people, they have a larger or lesser understanding of that Mm. Mm. but as long as you can acknowledge that it does exist Mm. you can you can grow that understanding
0: Mm. because one of one so the i'm so glad we're talking about values because one of um one of my um the people that i engage with they they ask like um what is wait are your are your actions and are your is your approach driven by your values and in my head, I thought, like, I, I took actually, I actually took a, like a long think about it, and I was like, now nah, my values change with with new information. So for me, I'm like, it's my consciousness that drives and 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 dictates where it go, where where how my approach actually goes, and I have to leave room for that. But I, would I say only my values drive me? And I'm like, nah, I'd I'd love to think that, but my intelligence is telling me that. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, I I could be wrong you know and my values Mm. could be wrong and what Mm. I think is right could be deadly to another living thing not even just a human but just to another living thing Mm. so I'm like "Mm." that's why I'm like oh I'm having to question my own values or what I perceived were my values because don't get me wrong I'm guilty for being like yeah um, respect trust honesty um reliability Mm. come on like come on this is like cv starter pack 101 (laughs) like (laughs) punctual (laughs) but yeah so for me i'm not i i I can't say that my values are as concreted as i used to believe it was because i used to be like oh these are my values and i'm gonna drive my whole world around this and i'm like actually i'm limiting myself to other possibilities Mm. So I'm not a slut in terms of being too open, but I am a slut in terms of oh. receiving new information. I'm open to new. One
1: of my mum's favourites is um, margarine legs, easy to spread. <laughs> what? Margarine legs, easy to spread. <laughs> Thanks, Anne.
0: Thank you. So, yes, I'm a slut oh for God. new information that has back, <laughs> backed up with fact and, like, you know, it's backed up with um, no, evidence. Right. But at the same time, I'm like, what is evidence? What is fact? What is science? Mm.
1: Wow.
2: Yeah. The way that, like, I think that I, I definitely agree, I just sort of think about it in a slightly Go there. different phrasing of, like, my values are that there are these power imbalances and that we're going to do something about it. Mm. But my beliefs are that it works in this way. And so my belief that the world works in this way is like always changing as I absorb new information. Mm. And so like my under, like the underlying sort of core value is that like we're going to do things, (laughs) you know, Mm. we're going to try and, you know, make the world a more equitable a more fairer a more just place but my understanding of that changes based on new information and especially, Mm -hmm. you know, learning about things outside of my lived experience.
0: Mm, 100%. Agree with you. Yeah. All right. And is there any other communities that um, you'd like to um, bring to the front at this point in time?
2: Mm. I think the other communities that are, like, interesting to note are ones based around identity. Um, But I don't know if I've ever really done that well um what do you mean like um i didn't really even to myself acknowledge like queerness till i was about 22 like out loud you know like Mm. you think it in your brain but Mm -hmm. like being able to say it to like another person Mm -hmm. um and then like i had a really really negative like experience saying that out loud (laughs) to the point where it's now like oh no no (laughs) we don't need to like ever go there again like with anyone and so like for me, I've often felt like because it's not something I feel comfortable saying out loud, it's not something that other people engage with me about. And, like when I was running for council last year, people would like, I was doing like a Q&A on Instagram and someone was like, do you support the queer community? <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> uh, y- yes. <laughs> uh-huh, cool, 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 cool sure do <laughs> <laughs>
1: You know like like okay cool Yeah but you totally have agency to say and if you want to say that you're part of it or not Yeah like it's always your choice
2: The other the other like half of that was that I was um getting coffee with someone for the first time and as we sat down they like stopped me and they were like hey I just want to say I really valued seeing someone run for council who had pink hair and at the time I was like yeah no cool that was just what my hair looked like at the time (laughs) you know thank you but then later on I was like reflecting on that and I was like what does that mean and I was like oh it's like to be visibly queer in some way or another and that like signifier of like I'm not just going to wear like shirts and mm. a ponytail or whatever, you know, it was like, oh, you were visibly different mm. Mm. in a particularly queer way, like with your pink hair and your nose ring. And I was just like, oh, like someone read me and got it. And how I would that like, make you feel? I was mm-hmm. kind of like oh, they knew. <laughs> <laughs> but then also I was like, you know, the people who kn- know me are going to see me mm. and kind of balancing that because mm. i find it you know particularly hard sometimes existing in queer spaces because i'm in a long-term relationship with man, mm. <laughs> and people are like oh you are at this and i'm like oh
0: mm. no mm, yeah
2: mm. and they're like you know i've had some really like shitty shitty things said to me by people who either make assumptions or well, either make assumptions about my sexuality or make assumptions about where I am at in that journey. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, no, like, have you met him? (laughs) Like, you know, like, please don't be disrespectful to my, like, relationship Mm -hmm. by assuming that, you know, I have in any way settled. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. That's, I think, in some ways, like, I've that's partly why I've focused on being a part of communities that are external Mm -hmm. uh, where we have shared values and then, you know, you Mm -hmm. find other queer people, you find, Mm -hmm. um, you know, diversity in gender or age or, you know, whatever. And finding people who are from your identities who share those values rather than people who, Just share your identity, but don't share any values. Yeah.
0: Uh, Can you just repeat that last bit? Because I feel like that last bit is going to hit more like last sentence. That
2: would involve me remembering what I said. Ah!
1: (laughs) (laughs) Sharing like values and identities rather than just identities. And I think it's really easy for the queer community to just kind of band together because it is the queer community. Which is cool, and I think that there's a, a lot of experiences that our community has that this, like, straight community doesn't. um, Like, having to come out,
2: that's fucking weird. Like, why is it even a thing? And I think a part of me even just, like, I could count on one hand the amount of times I've, like, actually come out to someone. Mm. And I just have, like, I feel so, like, angry about it having to do that at all Mm. like i'm like why should i have to correct your wrong assumptions Mm. What's their problem but then i was talking with a friend of mine about it and they said to me like yeah but you realize if you if you did it in a big way you would be being a role model and you would be you know like um really putting like a stake in the ground and i was like yeah Mm. but i'm tired Mm. (laughs) and like i understand the value in Being a role model in that sense But That's also not something that I have any capacity To do or to Mm. deal with The absolute flow And effects of that you know Mm. So it's like And just because you can doesn't mean that you have to Mm.
1: Yeah You're just one person too Like and there's so many Other people who who could do that Who aren't Mm. So why do you like someone with some kind of platform have to take on that responsibility i think it should be part of everyone like, mm. just don't be in dick.
0: <laughs> i i literally mm. so all my high school career i wasn't atta- like i didn't know any rainbow community at all and the people that supported and uplifted me was my sports community. And they, like, they backed me up to the point where I I felt like I had another alter ego. There was, like, Sasha Fierce with Beyonce and then there was, like, ultra mega Joe. Like, <laughs> but, and and saying that, I'm like, there were people that were outside of my community that just shared the same values. Mm-hmm. And that's where I'm like, I'm listening to your kuru and I'm so thankful that you're bringing this back to me because I'm like, I really did appreciate their support even though they were ignorant to a lot of the things that I was going through, they were there mm. and they actually, like, they could see or sense, or some of them, anyways, could see or sense that I wasn't feeling 100%, or when I was feeling down, there was always a nana or an uncle who had some sort of wise words to say. And I'm like, that's something that I appreciate, especially because coming into the like, Queer scene. Uh, I think I had this perception. Like I, I always tell Kelsey this. I had this perception like I was gonna get this grand welcoming, and then
1: There's <laughs> the red carpet, moment. Yeah.
0: And then we were all gonna be like, you know, joining together to like do do yeah. do the work,
2: and do queerness. But nah. yeah. and I think as well, there's also aspects of the community that just don't that that don't intersect with with me yeah. so like i very rarely drink alcohol i don't do drugs you know i don't go out to nightclubs <laughs> I don't go out partying you know and for me it was like well you could join the queer club on campus who don't want to borrow you because you belong to the feminist club or you could go out to the nightclub the gay nightclub in town and it was like no that none of those things So yeah. like can we have a queer like knitting group yes please? like where do the
1: quiet guys hang out yeah
2: <laughs> we the guys who want to go, like plant trees. Go, like <laughs> yeah, you know. And I think it can be really hard when the loudest parts of a community appear to be the only parts of the community. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Go there, um, yeah. You're yeah. right. Um. All right. So jumping from that, what is what? What are some topics that you believe have been in the faki that you'd love to um, mm. highlight and amplify at this point in
2: time? Hmm. I was thinking about this. I think like how do we allow our community to be there for us? So if you have a community, do you actually let them in? Do you actually tell them that you're struggling or that you need a hand? And even if it's like, hey, could you come put some washing on for me? Like how can you know that your community has your back in a way that has dignity Mm. while still asking for support in ways that you might feel are not very dignified you know like hey i'm really struggling i just need someone to come do my dishes or like hey could someone drive me to the doctors you know like you know that's sort of your your health struggling but you know will you actually put your hand up because your, your community might be there mm-hmm. if you don't fucking put your hand up no one's gonna help you right you know so kind of that like how do we facilitate our own isolation Again, I feel like I'm being so exposed. Yeah. <laughs> I'm
1: so sorry. No, don't. going to be the, invited this back. This is the point. This no, is the point. that's the point. <laughs>
0: no, it's good. I think that's I totally, a really good palanour. Yeah. Like, that's a very good point to um to raise. Because I guess we're, we're so much – like, I guess the, the low-having fruit would be to complain about mm. your community as that opposed to – they're not there for me. Mm, mm.
2: Like, yeah. Yeah, but if you're given them the opportunity to. Mm. Yeah. Because that's the thing, right, is, like, when my friends have been struggling and they didn't ask for help, mm. I've never been more angry at them. Yeah. Mm. Like, fuck you. <laughs> like, I know you're struggling, but I'm really angry at you because if you don't ask for help, I can't help you because I don't I don't know. I don't mm. magically know things, you know. Mm. And, you know, that's really tough being able to ask for that help. But it's so critical to facilitating that community. mm and I think for a lot of us, like, oh, well, I'm trying to own my shit and then I'm also trying to be there for everyone and you know, be everything for everyone else. So if you have to ask for help, you feel like you're not being there for everyone else, but it's like if you're a member of my community and you need help, I feel like I'm letting you down mm. if I don't help in that, you know, not in every way, but in, in the ways that I can. Mm. So if you're not facilitating me helping you, I also don't feel like you value me as part of that community. Yeah. And it's like fucking
1: hard. Mm. Has there been a time when you
2: have? Oh, yeah, I'm terrible at this. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm not preaching this as someone who's like, oh, I'm an expert. I've got it you know, yeah, like, yeah, down pat. It's like, no. <laughs> oh,
0: and here's the recipe of how I get to get yeah, over yeah, it. Yeah. And my book sells this. <laughs> Coming this Christmas. Follow me on
2: Instagram. <laughs> no. right? You know, this is beautifully curated life. Um, no, it's like, you know, I think that you do have to, you have to trust the people around you. Which mm. <laughs> can be really hard. <laughs> yeah. Um, you have to know that they respect you and that you wouldn't be asking if, unless you really did need help. Mm. Um, and also that they're going to listen. You know, like, there's actually nothing worse than someone, like, help, air quotes, like, helping you, but just, like, not really at all helping. They're like, oh, you need this, and you're like, I don't need that. Please don't. No, no, no. Mm. (laughs) No, I don't want that. They're doing what they think you need rather than what you actually need. Yeah. And I think that's a big part of, like, understanding mental health is, like, you don't fucking know what they need. Mm. You don't know exactly what it is that they're going through. So don't fucking come in and be like, oh, this will fix everything. Just do some yoga. Like, fuck off. Mm. (laughs) You know? (laughs) So it's like reciprocal, you know? Like, Mm. you need to be able to ask for help, but you also need to be listened to and have people, you know, Mm. help you in the ways that are most valuable to you. Beautiful. I
0: really like that one. (laughs) Mm. Thank you. Thank you. Anything else on your fuck you list? That was a that, that was that, that, was, that was a massive one though. I mean, don't don't like we're not we're not asleep on that one.
2: Oh, you know, like just be less of an asshole. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's my motto right now.
0: Literally, <laughs> that's her motto.
2: But I think as well, like thinking about ways in which we can call each other in. Like I've been reflecting on that a lot recently, as well as like if these people are part of your community and you value them when they fuck up, like allow them the dignity to fix Mm. it Mm -hmm. and allow them the dignity to like like call them out quietly first and then if they really don't listen and it's like oh well this is a teaching moment then fuck you know Mm. call them out but you know i think there's a lot of a lot of value in calling in but you know that requires trust
1: Mm
2: -hmm. on both sides right yeah and also Respect on both sides, mm. and you know sometimes people fuck up in ways that are like, oh, well, you clearly don't fucking respect me then. So you know it's not a it's not a uh, one size fits all kind of thing. But yeah, yeah, sometimes I think about like, is this actually the be all and end all of this person being in this community? Is it a teaching moment? You know, and especially how can people who are not directly affected by these actions? <laughs> do this teaching moment rather than putting it on the people who are, you know, affected. Mm. But, yeah, it comes down to trusting your community that someone else can, you know, tap someone on the shoulder when they make a mistake and be like, hey, you're really fucking up right now. It would be really great if you could, like, reflect on this and, you know, understand why. And help them, like,
1: move through that too rather than just, like, you're being a dick and then walking away.
2: Yeah, yeah. Because I think that when our... When our communities grow smaller, that places more pressure on everyone to get it right all the time. Mm. It, you know, lessens your resources that you have for when you do need help and support. So, you know, if we can look at making our communities more robust, but it also involves, you know, being open to being called out
1: Mm.
2: and, you know, being open to being like, oh, well, I really fucked up and some people are probably really angry at me and don't trust me and I need to rebuild that. Mm. So, the reciprocal nature of it is really, really central to it functioning.
0: Mm. And I love it also that you're speaking of um growth within a community as well, because mm. if you're open, let's, so let's say, like I'm the one that fucked up, and I'm open for the feedback, I'm also open for the growth and building a stronger bond and trying to show my willingness to change or my willingness to to um, adjust my my approach to fit the wider community so there's like there's an opportunity for growth for both sides to be strengthened Mm. in that space if you can be called in Mm. if you allow yourself to be called in as well because i think for me um i guess my privilege is that i'm i look like an alpha male and then um they they just like people literally trust me which is the funniest part is people trust me because i I look like this and I'm friendly so everyone's like oh yeah you must you must be a good person and I used to love it when in high school they I would I would be the excuse like oh I'm going to Joe's house and everyone knew that they were doing like oh Joe's a nice guy Joe's 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 happy just looks responsible we were drinking (laughs) in the garage (laughs) but they also knew that my mom was in the house so yeah so but at the same time in my head I'm like this, 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 there's many growth opportunities when you allow yourself to be educated and to share resources in that manner.
2: Yeah, because I think that also ties back into your, like, it ties into that pressure that you put on yourself as well, that, like, you'll never make a mistake. You'll always belong in this community because you'll mm. never make a mistake. And it's like, no, we all fuck up. Some of us to different extents and some of us with different effects on different people. But, you know, you can't pretend that you're never going to fucking say something that you're like, oh, fuck. you know, mm. everyone is going through a process of unlearning, mm. you know, the inequalities that exist. And so I think if you can be open to being called in and being open to calling in other people, you lessen some of that pressure because it's like, mm. you know, people are going to make mistakes. And I think it can be really hard when you come from marginalized communities as well that, you know, you're like, this is safe. No one's going to marginalize me here. And then someone does. And you're like, fuck.
0: So I was safe. I
2: wanted Mm. one safe space. And it's like, you know, even if you're not marginalized in the way you expect, you know, there's other ways that people will do that to you. Um, And so if you can, you know, expect it, but know that your community that is just a thing. That's a reality of what happens in the community. But you have the opportunity to, to help your community more robust. That can be huge. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you can't. Sometimes you just got to be like, oh, fuck off, you're an asshole. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, mm. I think sometimes if, if there's space for that not to be the default option, that can be really beneficial and be like really valuable.
1: I think also not only for the for the other person but for yourself too, mm. not to just like cut people off all the time because if you're doing that continuously, fuck, you're gonna be alone, mate. Yeah.
0: Narcissist, not just. <laughs> I'm like, well, technically, if you keep on dis disowning anyone who goes against your views, yeah. I'm like, mm, you're really building a strong one.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Welcome to a really small village. Yeah. Thanks for coming through. That's we right. really appreciate it. Mm. If people want to connect with you, how can they do that? Is like social's best? Mm-hmm. or
2: Yeah, you can find me on Instagram. Yep. It is at Louise Hutt, L-O-U-I-S-E-H-U-T-T. My parents gave me names that no one can spell, <laughs> but that's fine. Um, you can also find me on Twitter and on Facebook. I have a Facebook page. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Thank All right,
0: you. thank you so much. All right, join us in for our last fucking. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you. Fuck you.
2: Fuck you. Fuck you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> thank you. So much.
1: See you later.